This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this Bible study program featuring the teaching sermons of my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor is currently in his Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority, with the focus of today's sermon on the New Testament office of the evangelist. When we left off last time, Pastor Greg was in Acts chapter 8, examining the ministry of Philip the evangelist to the Samaritans. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo. He preaches to them Christ. He tells them about the Lord. And not only that, but God confirms his words with manifestations, the truth of his words with signs and wonders, good signs, good wonders, people delivered from demonic possession, people healed that can walk who were crippled, that were lame. And so is there any wonder with the deliverance, deliverance of that town of Samaria? One day in darkness, the next day in light, there is what? Great joy. Great joy in that town. What a difference one day made to those people's lives because an evangelist came into that town and preached to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is a tremendous example of the work of the evangelist. Now, you read about the problem that arises in verse 9. There's always something that happens, right? Verse 9, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery, magic, in the city and astonished, amazed the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And you know the Samaritans have a concept of the one God from the woman at the well, right? They have enough of Judaism mixed in there. So he's coming to them and both the least and the greatest, doesn't make a difference. Small and great alike are razzle-dazzled, are taken captive by sorcery, by magic, by, by the things of the enemy, of the devil. And he's previously practiced the sorcery in the city. And it says in verse 11, And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. He's been doing this for a while. And so he probably had it very good there. When they want to see a little something, a little magic, they go to Simon, and Simon is a great power of God because he's able to perform some sorcery. It's not of the Holy Spirit, it's of the enemy. And he's been doing this, and now Philip comes in, and it says in verse 12, but, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now, remember we said before that Philip went in and preached Christ. Now we're told that when he preached, and that word there again is euangelizo, to evangelize, as he evangelized, as he preached, he preached the things concerning what? The kingdom of God. Teach them all things to obey all the things I have taught you, Jesus said. So he's teaching them, he's preaching to them concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is central. 
The gospel is based upon salvation in Jesus Christ. And both men and women were baptized. And even though they had been astonished at Simon, the sorcerer, the preaching and the ministry of Philip and the signs, Philip does even greater works, convinces them. And one of the signs of being convinced to the point of firming up the decision is the fact that they what? Both men and women were baptized. Okay, baptism is important. Baptism is important because you're saying, this is what I truly, truly believe. It goes away from just being a moment of amazement, fascination. Some people are fascinated with the gospel. Some people are fascinated with the miracles that surround the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's a difference between being fascinated with it and making the decision. And hopefully when people get baptized, they're really making that decision firm and solid. But some people will just go along with things like the Pharisees for a show. And Simon here says in verse 13 that Simon himself also believed. So he has some type of faith. He also believed. And when he was baptized, so he gets baptized also. He continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now the people had been astonished, amazed at the little sorceries of Simon. Simon is amazed at the power of the Holy Spirit in Philip's life. And so he believes, he figures it has to, something has to be right here. Look at what he's able to do. He gets baptized. I'll go along with this. And he stays with Philip. He wants to be close to Philip because he's seen all the different, different miracles and signs which were done. Obviously, the signs and wonders again are being proclaimed as following the testimony of the Word of God. And when you see Simon, you think about in Exodus how when Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, God did a miracle and the rod of Moses was turned into a serpent. But Pharaoh called the wise men of the sorcerers, you read in Exodus 7 and 11, and the magicians of Egypt, and they did likewise. And with their enchantments, they were somehow able to turn their rods into serpents, either by sleight of hand or by some supernatural demonic activity. It says in verse 12, every man threw down his rod and they became serpents. But what? Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. There is some power in the demonic realm. There is some power to the sorcery. That's what catches people's attention. They can do something, but the power of God is so much greater than the power of pharaohs, magicians, and sorcerers, and all the sorcerers since, including Simon. So much so than here that Simon is, he's amazed by what he's seen. But when Simon goes in and gets baptized, when he says, well, I believe there's something in this name of Jesus, he recognizes it. Is it salvation, meaning repentance, a change of heart, accepting the truth of the gospel into his heart? Or is it a belief in just, well, this must be real, and I want a part of it? And we'll see as we read on, it's the latter, not the former. And that's no salvation at all. In verse 14, 
Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, one man, right, Philip, one man, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, as yet he had fallen upon none of them. He had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they're baptized in the name of Jesus in the water. Verse 17, Then they, the apostles, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So Philip has done as an evangelist all he could do. They heard the gospel of Jesus. They believed. They received the word of God. They're baptized in water in repentance, immersing themselves in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. They're saved. They're forgiven, right? But they're baptized. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, which implies what? There's another baptism. There's another baptism beyond water baptism. And also notice that the apostles, when they hear this, they send Peter and John. Now, Peter is clearly the head of the twelve. We saw that in the study. And yet there's an agreement among the twelve. It's not Peter making a dictate, I will go down. Rather, the twelve agree and send, they send Peter and John to go down, that the people might receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter and John are sent, and they pray for them, and it says that they might receive the Holy Spirit. He had not yet fallen upon any of them, at this point. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is subsequent, in their case, to their salvation. Just as the apostles and disciples had to go up to the upper room at Pentecost and wait and pray, already believing in Jesus Christ, already having been baptized, and then the Spirit of God came upon them in power, these now needed to have the apostles lay hands upon them, pray upon them, and when they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. They received the baptism. They're baptized now. They were baptized in water. Now they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is the promise. This is the promise of God that they would receive. Power would come upon them. And just as at Pentecost, these Samaritans, these non-Jews, received the Holy Ghost. And it's a visible manifestation. Something dramatically happens. Maybe some are speaking in tongues, some are prophesying, some are praising God. But something happens that catches even Simon's attention because it says in verse 18, and when Simon saw, when he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So there's a visible manifestation clearly seeing that something different has happened. Now notice, everyone in the body has their function, right? These people would not have gotten saved unless Philip evangelized them. And now the apostles had to do their role. It was important for some reason that they come down there and they needed to lay hands upon the people Maybe they needed to really break the demonic hold in that town 
to open up the heavenlies for whatever reason, when they laid hands, when they prayed, now God could shower them, pour out, baptize them, fill them with the Holy Spirit, anoint them with the power from on high. And Simon, when he sees it, says, well, I'll, I want this power also. Give me this power, I'll offer you, I'll give you money if you give me this power. But Peter said to him, verse 20, your money perish with you. You're going to perish and your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. On our website at shiarjashub.org, you will find information about our church and a library of hundreds of Bible study radio programs, as well as some special offers to help you in your walk with Jesus. And we have also added links for those who would like to listen to the Through the Bible Heavenly Authority series on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Plus, we have a significant video library of our Sunday sermons. We live stream the Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, and then the video is posted up on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, both on YouTube and Rumble.com, as well as on the church website itself for 24-7 access. Pastor Greg is currently teaching a fascinating series on last day events, and Associate Pastor Francis David delivers topical sermons that help us understand the rich Hebrew and Greek of the scriptures. The website address again is shiarjashub.org, and you can check Isaiah 7, verse 3 for the spelling.